Hey, what up, boxing fans? This is the Rope Dope Radio Podcast. I am your host, Chris Carlson. We are live on, uh, what is it, Thursday night. Hope everybody had a good holiday season. I know I definitely did. Um, wasn't able to do it on Tuesday because of scheduling conflict. Um, gonna try to do it in Zoom again tonight, see how that goes. I did get some, some good feedback off of that. So obviously we're going to start and kind of finish with recap, you know, uh, the Saudi card. I know it was a while ago now, but we will talk a little bit about it. We'll talk about, uh, you know, Parker with the upset, big upset. Now a lot of people are thinking, you know, what's next for Deontay Wilder? Is he done? It doesn't sound like he's done based off what he was saying, you know, since the fight. Um, clearly all that time off only having fought in, you know, one round, not even a full round in two years, uh, didn't help. You could tell his timing wasn't there, but I don't want to take too much credit away from Parker who had the right game plan for the, you know, for what Wilder was giving him. And, uh, he got a big win. He got the biggest win by far of his career. Um, and so what, you know, what's next for him? You know, he's definitely still in the mix. So, um, you know, definitely a a surprise. Not shocked, but pretty surprised. Um, That's for sure. So we'll talk about that. Like I said, a lot of people are saying he's done, done. He even said something like, you know, I got to find my killer instinct again, which when you hear, you know, when you hear that, it does kind of make you go, hmm, okay. Um, But, yeah, like I said, the timing couldn't establish the jab, couldn't land the right hand. And sometimes that, you know, the jab or jab one, two, you know, jab right hand doesn't work per se. And he has to kind of, you know, get on the back foot. I thought he was on the back foot too long um, in this fight. And it's kind of like you got to throw more punches to get the rust off, you know. Um, But yeah, the timing was off. Like I said, even him circling or pivoting with the jab or landing that right hand. Then after he made, he made Parker miss a fair amount of times. He just could not pull the trigger. Um, So yeah, we'll talk about that. Like I said, Parker had a, that's a big win. And, you know, Anthony Joshua came out and looked really, really good. Now, sure. You know, Otto Wallen, he fought him basically how you had to, and I thought that was a really good performance. He, you know, he came out with a meaningful jab, letting meaningful shots, cutting the rope, cutting the distance. Now, you know, Otto's not necessarily the most, uh, the best footwork guy out there, and that kind of showed, but he is a skillful, crafty guy, and he wasn't really able to do anything. So credit to AJ. What's next for AJ? Will he wait for the Fury fight? If, in fact, Fury can get by Usyk. I don't really think if Usyk wins, we need to see that fight again. But, you know, he's talked about his, you know, him wanting belts. Well, Ergovic, you know, that'll probably that'll probably come out after the, what is it, the IPF? I believe it's the IPF um, after that fight, the undisputed fight. So we'll talk a little bit about it. And then anyway... Another highlight, real type performance over Topolis. Um, got him out of there. Topolis fought hard, trying to you know defend himself with the high guard. Did you know? Did have some success. He had these pockets of success. Uh, we'll go over that fight as well. 
And it kind of seems like anyway is going to stay at 122 now. Most of us assumed he was going to go to 126. Doesn't seem like that's the case. So that's kind of an interesting little uh, item there. Um, so, yeah, we're like I said, we're, we're only going to kind of go recap and some fight news. We're not going to do the best of this week. Um, on Tuesday night, we will do the 2023, you know, year end. We call it the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's when we'll do it. We'll have it so we're actually past the new year. And uh, there is, you know, the there is a uh, the New Year's card from Japan as well. Um, and more, the more, you know, that happens every year, the more I kind of want to wait in general for it. Anyway, we'll get into it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Ropa Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com, although that sounds kind of funny, although it will stream there um, on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropa Dope Radio. Um, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open, download the show directly there. You can find this, your podcast, under Rope It Open Radio and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast. You can download the podcast at um, PodBay, PodBean, PodTail. Just Google it, Rope It Open Radio. While you're at it, why don't you head out over to thecruelingtruth.com, Phil Boxing, and Eastside Boxing as well. And one more thing for Direct TV Stream: sign up today, save sixty four ninety nine when you get Direct TV Stream. Our best deals of two thousand twenty three for a limited time: sixty nine ninety eight a month for the first two months. That saves you fifty dollars when you get the entertainment package in the Direct TV Sports Pack. Watch your holiday favorites. On Direct TV Stream and save fifty dollars. Get the best in streaming TV today. All right. So, um, you know, we might as well start right with what happened in Saudi. And, and you know, we will talk about there. There was two upsets on the card. Um, <laughs> it is kind of funny. I got a lot of heat for just saying that I had. You know, the, the fights that really piqued my interest were four out of the eight fights. Wasn't ripping the other fighters. I went through the other fights. Um, you know, Frank Sanchez and, uh, you know, uh, like Bivol, those guys hadn't fought in a while. So, yeah, it's nice for them to, you know, to get in the winning calm and get a fight and everything like that. Hergovic, um uh, open tea like the four fights I talked about were just pretty much one-sided beatdowns. There, there really wasn't much there. Um, and just because I wasn't calling it the best card of all time, like I said, I, I did mention having bit. Well, first of all, just having Joshua and Wilder on the same card is a big deal. Having names that, you know, like Bivol, um, Dubois, Frank Sanchez, Hergovic. Um, You had a bunch of heavyweight fighters in the top 10. That's cool. You know, I I wasn't ripping the card. But when you look at the four out of the eight fights that I talked about, those were the ones that piqued my interest. And that's what turned out to be 
more interesting. I mean, I'll say this, you know, um, I don't think anybody thought Parker was going to win pr- pretty much every round, right? Um, and Joshua fought really well. But those two fights were pretty one-sided then, I guess, right? So maybe it is only two out of the six, though. Um, uh, Mahmoudov did get beat. You know, he came out, was landing some pretty good shots, and then Caballo started landing big right hands, got him in the corner, hurting him, landed a big right up, actually back-to-back right uppercuts. And it was done, really, after that. He was working him to the body a little bit, landing shots. Uh, Mahmoudov was like, I'm good. Uh, you know, he, he got knocked down, what, three times in that fight? Stopped him in the fourth. So that was a nice win. I thought that was like, the closest, you know, fight on paper. And then Daniel Dubois, you know, I had some interest in that. Man, you know, the, the I just wanted to kind of see where Miller was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know where Miller was. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, out of shape. Go figure. What do you what do you step on the scale like three thirty three or something like that? But but credit to Dubois, he was very active in the fight. Uh, he was definitely going um, for the stoppage. Um, you know, especially down the stretch in general. Miller had moments. Don't get me wrong. You know, he did have some moments, um, but just nothing that you know did like stop Dubois basically Dubois was like I said very busy um and you could say well he didn't need to have that stoppage at the end I mean I wouldn't call it early but sure um could uh you know could Miller have made it through the rest of the fight sure I think that's fair to say but you know he he just stopped he just didn't return fire enough and he was getting hit pretty damn clean um, so credit to Daniel Dubois, you know, he's a guy that has two losses by knockout, got beat by Usyk after, you know, some controversy when it came to, uh, the, the call in the ring anyway, from a low blow, the Joe Joyce fight, you know, a lot of people thought he was pretty much exposed then, but that was a competitive fight at the time. If you look at the scorecards and whatnot, but he did, you know, suffer uh, an injury that pretty much shut everything down. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, it, it's not like he's gone through since that Joyce fight. Well, he's, he's, he's faced Usyk, but other than that, as far as wins, the Trevor Bryan and, and some other guys, you know, not the best win, right? Miller, not really peak, uh, peak Miller. But then again, what is Miller's peak, if we're being honest? Either, the, either way, Daniel Dubois, Got the win, stays alive, um, and you know maybe that's the fight to make. Dubois and Parker, you know that'd be a good fight. I, I could, uh, I could definitely see that fight um, happen. Uh, Bivol really one sided, pretty much uh, same old thing there. Nothing to write home about. It does sound like. There was reports, multiple reports uh, yesterday and today I saw that, you know, he said that he's already signed his site or his side for the uh, Paterbia fight as long as, you know, he gets by Kelly Smith, which, you know, we got to make sure that happens, right, as we saw in this card. But, um, 
So that would be great. Hopefully that can make it happen. But, you know, let's get to that Wilder-Parker fight. Um, Really, I mean, not a action-packed fight to say the least, obviously. But um, it was slow to start out with, you know, Parker, you know, kind of maybe got one really good right hand um, through the guard to the head um, in that first round. Um, whereas, you know, Wilder really wasn't throwing anything. You did see Parker jabbing more as the second and third round went on. He, he would land, he probably landed a few shots in that round. Um, but, uh, you know, a nice right hand to the face, uh, to close as well. You started seeing Wilder throw some jabs, but just not much. Um, a couple of clean lands in the third round. He was starting to get inside, using his jab, using that overhand right. Um, he was kind of ducking down to the left and winging that right hand. And that's something that, although you could see later in the fight, Wilder was trying to time, he just wasn't able to do it. Um, and even in that round, you know, threw a couple more. Threw a, he threw some right hands finally, but... Nothing really landing all that much. I did think the fourth round um, was closer. I still would probably shade it to Parker, that's for sure. He was a tad busier, but Wilder finally landing actual jabs. And, and like I said, I got a little note in my, you know, in my uh, notes. I got a note in my note on my scorecard. Um, you know, he's moving too much. And, you know... I heard a lot on the broadcast and prior to it about punch resistance and how punch resistance, you know, is the first thing that goes. Um, And I think that's fair, but part of that punch resistance is your legs. And when you get older, you know, your legs go, right? Even if you use them a lot, those guys, right? Like Ersalandi Lara, and we've seen it time and time again, but for a guy that doesn't constantly who, you know, uses legs in fights. Um, he was probably moving too much. You know what I mean? He's probably moving too much. Uh, he probably should have, you know, stood his ground and backed up Parker. In fact, any minor little pocket of success he had is when he actually kind of froze him in his tracks and backed him up a little bit. And, um, but he just wasn't, like I said, I still shaded it uh, to, to Parker for the fourth round. Um, Parker early in the fifth round, you know, landed a nice combo and then late, you know, a counter right hand. Once again, nothing really clean with that right hand for Wilder. I thought the six was pretty close early and late. That probably did enough, some good right hands and whatnot. Um, you finally Wilder was jabbing more like meaningful. I think he landed one or two good right hands. There was a, a right hand. And the reason why I would say a question mark on that round, because the second he got hit with that right hand Parker, he held and he held probably for besides like the last round or whatever. That's probably the longest he held in that fight. Um, But, you know, still in the seventh round, few good shots you could clearly see by that time he just cannot time the right hand um and 
and like I said, I think Parker landed the better shots. Um, but I thought both of them, Parker at the start was doing good work when they would uh, tie up with the right hand, um, or just with the free hand, I should say. And then you started seeing Wilder do that more. Um, but time and time again, especially in the second half of the fight, you saw Parker leaning and leaning. And it just, you know, he was making some mistakes in there, but Wilder was not able to capitalize. And, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, big overhand, I think it was overhand right, um, followed up by some clean punching in the eighth round. That, you know, pretty much had him there. Ninth round, Wilder had these little few moments, maybe the last 30 seconds, but the better overall shots. Once again, Parker, now the 10th round, you could see Wilder was finally assertive early, maybe the first minute, and then landed a nice right hand late. Um, But Parker still had his moments, and he landed an overhand right that, you know, hit the target. So maybe the 10th round you give to Parker, or sorry, Wilder, maybe. but I did, you know, the hooks, the overhand rights, just the crafty stuff he was doing to the head and body. He definitely worked the body more than I thought, Parker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was pretty easy. And, you know, at times you'll see, well, not at times, a fair amount you'll see boxers, no matter how they performed, if it was lackluster, if it was just bad or whatever, which, you know, this was for Wilder, he was doing the hand up, I won, right? And uh, you see this a fair amount. And it always kind of just makes me kind of scratch my head. Um, and, you know, he's talking about that he he felt he had done enough. And, and, and then later, you know, seeing some quotes, hearing some interviews, he was, he was kind of saying, hey, man, I didn't, you know, I didn't throw enough punches. I, I, you know, I, I didn't do a lot in there. I didn't do much. So he kind of came back down to earth. But right after, um, it was kind of funny seeing him, you know, do that. Because it's like, well, come on, dude. Like, like let, let's be fair on that one, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, um, you know, like I said, before I go too deep, on, you know, what could be next and all that stuff for Wilder or, you know, is he completely gone and shot or or whatever, you know what I mean? I do want to say that, you know, Parker needs the respect for this fight. You know, he won the fight. Like I said, was wasn't the, you know, but like, was it clearly a rusty, um, not a great performance by uh, Wilder? Yes. But he took advantage of it, you know, and, and it, it's not Parker's fault. Parker's the one that stayed busy this year. Um, and that really helped him. You could say the same thing about Anthony Joshua in his fight. Um, and why don't we just kind of get to that, and then we'll kind of talk it through at the end of it. But um, AJ definitely didn't lose a round. You know, the jab looked really good. He was going to be the aggressor, and that's – Basically, what he established right away. Um, Wallin, few decent shots early in the, or I mean, late in the second or in the first, but you know, 
not a whole lot. Um, second round, a little bit more of a two-way round, but still, AJ was, you know, cutting off the ring, landing big shots, um, a right hand to the head and a right hand to the body in the third was doing the trick there. And, you know, AJ had this counter right hand and a left hook working the body and head. Wallin's nose was busted up, eyes swollen, and um, he took care of business. Like I said, you could kind of see he was assertive right from the jump, and that was a big deal. Um, and I did think that that, you know, that's exactly how he needed to fight that fight. He didn't didn't want to be sitting in the middle of the ring and allow like the positives of Otto's game to take place. He was he is slow footed, uh, Waleen, and Joshua took advantage of that. You know, he was in front of him, kind of as a as a target, and uh, I did like. The aggression, I did like the energy. I, I liked what I saw out of AJ. I really did. I thought he looked pretty damn good. Um, was letting his hands go. They were talking on the broadcast that, you know, he's not throwing three, four, five, six punch combos and all that. But especially early in the fight, I don't, I don't know why you go throw six punches in a row like that when you're dominating the fight. So I, I thought he looked really good. Um, I did think Wallin would give him – I thought he'd go the distance or at least it'd be like a late knockout, late stoppage maybe. But I, I had him going the distance, to be honest with you. And uh, so credit, you know, to Anthony Joshua there. Looked really good and, um, and looked sharp, right? And, and part of that is this is his third fight, you know, and that is uh, – that's a big difference. So, you know, what's next for him? You know, is he going to go with Hergovic? Is he going to wait till the summer or something, you know, that time frame and see what happens with this, uh, you know, this Fury and Usyk fight? I mean, before you know it, you know, you got about what? The 17th. So about seven weeks, eight weeks away, something like that, seven weeks away. Um, I mean, he probably was is going to have to wait for that anyway, right? So the belt could come loose if, in fact, he's going to fight Hergovic. And, and then it's up to what Saudi wants to do, too. If they want to match him this summer, let's say Fury does get the dub and they want to match him, well, then they're probably going to match, you know, then he'll probably wait. Um, But my guess is they will want to take a fight sometime in the, you know, in the probably the first half of the year, at least something like that, and probably be Hergovic who just fought, um, and then maybe maybe they would close out the year against Fury. Not really sure exactly how that goes, but I would say Hergovic or Tyson Fury, um, and I would say probably both those fights. You know, to close out the year. Sorry, I just had to cough. I <clears throat> took a sip of water, and you know how it goes around, down the wrong pipe? That's what it just did. Ooh, man. That was rough. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's literally that, you know, 
that combo, Hergovic, and maybe Fury will want another fight and not have to wait. I don't know. I mean, it kind of, do they really, do, do, do they really want to have, you know, Hergovic can punch a little bit, right? He's got some skill. Um, he is pretty upright and stiff and kind of lends itself to, uh, well, he can move better. He's got better footwork than Otto Wallen or, or a variety of these other uh, guys. And like I said, he, he can punch. So, you know, maybe it's really, maybe you don't want to do that, you know? And maybe that's if you lost, let's say you, you took on Fury in the summer or something, and then let's say you were to lose to him, it'd probably be a two-fight deal. If not, you could always go to the Herbic fight, potentially. So, that's what I'm guessing. Um, and then, like I said, Parker, Hergovic, that'd be great. Parker, uh, Dubois. Um, yeah, Parker, you know, he, he's made a nice, like in the in the kind of twilight of his career, you could say. Um, you know, I think he should get full credit no matter what. Um, what Wilder looked like. Give full credit to him. Now, I do think that, you know, he he was just smart. And like I said, I did like how he came forward. And I, I thought it was a mistake for Wilder to let him come forward pretty much the whole fight. He only, like I said earlier, he only backed him up a couple times. And when he was able to land the right hand or just throw punches, it contained Parker. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean... It, going back to that Wilder Parker fight, it was a slow fight. You know, thirty nine punches Wilder landed to eighty nine, uh, and even Parker, he only threw two fifty five in, in twelve rounds, and, and Wilder only had two hundred four. And honestly, like probably half of those, it took him a while to even get to probably fifty. You know, overall though, thirty five percent that's good landing. Um, and like I said, I really like what he did to the body. I, I thought that that he landed a lot of good shots to the body. Now, while they're after on 78 Sports TV, and even after that, you know, when he first came out, he said, you know, uh, I, I'm not done. We'll see. I'm going to see. You know, I'm going to go back with the family and, and just kind of feel it out and see how I feel. Um, he said, I should have thrown more punches, uh, you know. He just admitted, hey, man, I I didn't look good. Like I said, I didn't agree with what he did after the fight. Like, you know, he he was, like, thinking he won the fight. But, you know, that was in the ring. After the fight, you start, you know, you could kind of see him. I didn't see the – you could kind of see him be more realistic. I didn't didn't, uh, watch the 78 Sports TV. I just have some quotes from it. My timing was off because of inactivity. That's true. I'm disappointed because I know I'm way better of a fighter. I agree. I heard him a few times, but certain shots I didn't take. I w- it was hesitation. I couldn't understand why. He has no business beating me at all. Not even a magnificent day for him. He didn't do nothing. Neither, neither, neither of us really did anything. But yeah, he did just enough. He did just enough, though, whereas Wilder didn't do anything. Um, and he said that, you know, he's confirmed that he's not retiring. Uh, he said, I got to find my killer instinct back. I'm too at peace. I'm too happy. Uh, when I have that dog in me, nobody has a chance. I will be two-time champion. That's what he says. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I don't really, like, I thought Parker just kind of stuck to a game plan, and it was a smart game plan. And when he got close after he would land, he would tie up. Or if Wilder got any kind of shot off, he would tie up. He was trying to bully him on the ropes. He had him on the ropes. He was landing big shots. There was that round where he had him at least buzzed. Um, and then, like I said, you know, while there may be one or two good right hands that you're like, oh, hold on. And you saw Parker hold for kind of long stretch. So, you know, Wilder within, like he can't go another year, obviously, right? Um, so within whatever the first half of the year by at least the summertime, he would have to fight, probably fight someone. Okay. You're not going to fight. Uh, I don't think you'd get by and probably doesn't even want to fight a complete no hope because I don't think that does much for you either. Uh, you want to fight a quality fighter. Um, but it's like, you know, I, I think he's got to get out there and get a fight in and then see how he does. Cause now he had a camp, he had a fight. Okay. If you get out by April or May or June or whatever, like I said, before it can't go another year. Right. And it can't even go till next fall or anything like that. It's gotta be within the first six months of the year or something like that. Right. Get a quality fight in, you know, and then see where you're at. If you looked better, then go for a big fight, you know, maybe to close out the year or whatever. Um, now, could you come back in April against a, a really so-so, you know, opponent and then maybe fight September or so-so and then build up to December or something? It all kind of matters, you know, what's out there. I mean, Andy Ruiz was there. I did forget to mention him. Ruiz and Joshua three, would they want that? Maybe. Um, the problem is Ruiz, you know, he hasn't been the most active guy either, right? In some of the performances he's had lately, that's been an issue, obviously. So, you know, is he right there? Yeah. Can you, you know, being in shape and stuff like that, is that good? And, you know, because I know he had surgery again on something. That's great, but being out of the ring so damn long, I mean, I don't know. I I can't help but think that Ruiz, who knows how that fight would have went with Wilder, but um, because, like I said, Andy's been out too, so he probably wouldn't look all that good. Uh, it would have been a mid-off, right? But he's probably thinking, man, I'd have a pretty good chance and speaking of throwing a little with a little bit more speed and more combos, who knows? You know, maybe he would have been able to get him out of there. But I don't want to take credit from Parker because, like I said, Parker's been active. So he did look like the more sharper, more active fighter, right? I'm not talking about punch activity, obviously. But, but yeah, Ruiz is in the mix. There's a variety of guys in the mix. Um, so credit to Parker. Um you know, I maybe Wilder is just done. You know, maybe he's going to. Maybe it wasn't just the rust. Maybe it wasn't just he couldn't find his timing. Maybe he's hesitant to pull the trigger because he's going to get hit coming back. 
you know. Um, like I said, when he does that little circling or pivot where he'll, you know, like multiple jabs or, or, or pivot and throw a right hand, and, and that's how he'll – like if you look at Ortiz, if you're, you know, look at a couple guys he's done that to, and that's usually the end of the fight or close to it. So, you know, I think we – like some people are just like, oh, he's done. And I understand that. He looked like shit. Um. You know, I get it. But he basically will have a chance to prove if he has anything left uh, in his, you know, in, in basically 2024, whatever that brings. A couple fights, two fights, whatever. The point is, um, he'll have his chance to prove everyone wrong. Maybe this is the best thing for him because he'll be like, you know what? Let me just take a decent fight. If if Because, you know, it's not like people were standing in line to try to fight him. So maybe he thinks, screw it. I'll just take a decent opponent um, and get rounds, get another camp, get that rust all the way off, and then maybe go for Ruiz or whatever, you know. Ruiz needs a fight too, obviously. So, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, Wilder will have his opportunity to prove if he is not done. Um, I would leave the door open slightly. Um, because I I have seen a lot of people say the book the book's out part you know after Fury the book's out and I kind of I don't one hundred percent agree with that because I think that guys like Ortiz already had the book on him it just he just managed to be able to land that right hand and so for a while he had guys win rounds so I don't I don't think it was ever like you, you know it's never been obviously that you can't win rounds um, unless you get knocked down the first round but I just think that the things that he he thrives on he wasn't able to do and you know it is what it is it is what it is just nothing um, nothing went you know good for him in that fight And uh, like I said, he might just be past it. He might be hesitant. He might not be able to pull the trigger. Um, But at some point, you can't. Of course, you're going to ultimately look for the big shot. But you got to let your hands go a little more. Now, I, I thought he would go to the body a little bit more. Now, I understand you know, when he went to the body in that third fight against Fury, Fury's a taller guy than him, right? So you're not going to target the, you know, always target the body when you're going against a smaller guy, but, um, which I thought Parker did a good job at, you know, landing body shots, but um, I just thought, like, the best way to get rid of that rust is throw some more punches, man, and, and back him up and put the pressure on him and and whether he can pull a trigger, timing, blah, 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 all that stuff, you know. Maybe he is just completely done, and we have seen the best of, of Wilder. There's a good possibility that that's exactly what it is, and I wouldn't be shocked if he looks bad in this next fight. Now, like I said, I'll leave the door open only because you had over two years with one round. Most guys aren't going to come out, or boxers in general, and look good, right? Um, but, yeah, he's got to throw more punches in his next fight, um, especially at this weight. He came in at such a great weight. 
that it was like, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, that's about it there. We don't really have to hit that up too much more in your way into Paulus. Um, anyway, man, you know, he started with the right hand to the body in the first round. Then he brought that right hand up to the head and he added a left hook. And a lot of times it was counter, a little step back counter left hook. Um, then it was kind of like, you know, it's Paulus in that time was mostly jabbing, uh, but he definitely had that high guard up, you know, not a ton in return because he was trying to protect himself, you know. Indiwe kind of got back on his jab in the third. To Paulus in the fourth round did land some body work, um, but so did anyway. Both hands working the body, uh, hook combination multiple hook combinations. I think it was a left hook that actually dropped him. So that was a 10-8 round. But anyway, he was just, once again, so damn sharp. You know, he is just, he, the, he's he got the finesse, the power, the speed, the timing. He can adjust the way he punches in mid-punch. Like, he's just got it all. Man. He really does. Um, now, the fifth round had some give and take. You know, but anyway, we're starting to really let off hard shots. Left hooks, right hands, doing his thing. Um, and, you know, you go like right around the sixth round, Paulus did have plenty of moments. Started landing some clean shots, uh, mostly to the body, but a few to the head. Um, but even in that sixth round, big right hand, late. Uh, kind of that lunging right hand that he does. Um, or or two-way stuff in the seventh. But like I said, the reflexes, the timing, really just had control of the fight. Never really got, you know, never really lost control. The eighth and ninth, still patient, looking to counter, looking to land that big shot, but not too patient, right? And if he finds openings, he'll follow up on it. Um and ultimately, two big, big right hands by Inouye through the guard, put him down for good. He finishes it off. Finishes it off um, undisputed. Now he has two undisputed titles at two different weight classes, obviously. Crawford, uh, you know, Clarissa Shields did it, you know, for women's boxing. And then, you know, Crawford, as far as the four belt era, um, so yeah, I uh man, that uh that was that was that was good, man. That was good. That was a great performance. And uh like I said, anyways just a special, special fighter, man. And the way they kind of make it sound, um they make it sound like he's going to fight in May. And I, and I think September or something like that, but either in Japan and or maybe Saudi. Um, so his promoter, um, Ohashi, I think it is, uh, he told reporters that the plan is for Inuit to fight three times in 2024. Uh, Neri, um, MJ, Akhmadaliev, and then Casimir was floated as a possible opponent. And the promoter said the Tokyo Dome 
in Saudi Arabia for the potential venue. So, um, like I said, man, it it's pretty crazy. And, and when you start to like line up fighter of the year, um, there are some names out there, you know, obviously Haney, Bam, Benavides, some good names out there. But for me, Crawford and Inouye, I mean, remember how in like college football, they used to, uh, you know, split championships, you know? Which, you know, some people right now in the media are like this FSU thing. They lost their star quarterback. They're not as good a team, yada, yada, yada. They're freaking out like it's the end of times. And it's like, let's not forget a time when they wouldn't even face one against two. It would be one against four and two against seven or whatever the the bowl alignments were. But anyway, a split championship title, right? I mean, this this would be the time to do it. If you're ever going to do it, this would be the time to do it. Um, I, I, you know, that's what it seems like to me. Um, and I believe John's going to get in here. Like I said, I'm usually on calls. I don't usually uh, do this Zoom. I'm, I'm more like I usually join meetings and, and Zoom calls. I usually don't host, so I actually have to kind of get my stuff together and figure out exactly how that would work. Um, as funny as that sounds. So like I said, I always just join them. Um, but anyway, you know, I'll talk about that next week. I'm not going to get too uh, detailed into it. Um, I kind Just in case something pops off with some kind of highlight real knockout, next week or, or whatever. I, I'm just going to just going to do that. Just going to do that. And, and, uh, you know, I think it comes down to Crawford and anyway, man, I think that's plain and simple. Like I said, um, there's other guys that have arguments, right? Bam has an argument. Benavides has an argument. Obviously Devin Haney, I'd probably put him in third. I would put him in third. Um, the fight with Loma, you you could make the argument like that Loma was the best opponent. A lot of people would say Spence um, at the time and at 35, is Loma the best opponent? Um, that's an interesting one. You could say, well, you know, Spence was out of the ring and car accidents, eye surgeries and all that. Sure, okay. He was top five um, pound for pound. Some people did have... Fulton in their top 10. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing I'll say about it, just just to kind of go down this line a little bit, is that Loma-Haney fight was really, really close. Now, I did score it for Haney. Um, and I personally didn't find seven rounds to give to Loma. Um, could you have had it a draw? Sure. Um, maybe six five one. I don't know. Seven five six five one for Haney's how I scored it. I would be okay with the draw. I don't think Loma won the fight, but it was close. But that, I guess that's the point. It was very close, right? It was competitive as hell. 
It was a great fight. One of the best fights of the year. Whereas when you look at Inoue and you look at Crawford, I mean, they fucking dominated. They dominated. So, yeah, I mean, that's tough to beat, if we're being honest. That is tough to beat. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, split championship, I think that's what I'm I think that's that's what I'm going with. It's a split. It's a split chip. No. Um. So yeah, the great, good, bad, and ugly will be next week. Um. You know that we're the great, good, bad, and ugly of 2023. That's when we'll do it. We'll talk about the fighter of the year, upset of the year, blah blah, blah platform of the year, all sorts of stuff, right? Um. But other than that. I don't want to get into it this week. I kind of wanted to just do the, you know, the recap and go from there. Um, I believe John's going to call here in a couple seconds. By the way, Gervonta, well, actually, I forgot his, oh, shoot. I forgot his, I forgot to write down his, because he, he has turned to the Muslim religion and, you know, respect all religions out there. Um, I'll just admit I forgot his name. I forgot to write it down. Uh, but um, Tank, right, just, you know, purchased some buildings on his old block. And then to come to find out a couple days later that they're getting burnt down. That was that was rough, man. I saw that. Wow, that was that was rough. Um, but, you know, he's trying to rebuild kind of affordable housing and stuff. So, shouts out to him. Hopefully, he can train where he wants to train and whatnot. I know, he, I know he's having some issues with that. Um, so, I'll just kind of go over some boxing Twitter stuff and in some quotes and whatnot. Um, this is what Eddie Hearn said after uh, with Anthony Joshua. He said... He's confirmed that Anthony Joshua will now likely fight Philip Pergovic for the vacant IBF. Um, he said, we signed for Wilder. He lost tonight. Maybe it's a blessing because AJ wants to become three-time heavyweight champ. It's going to be AJ and Hergovic for the world champ. It's like, well, I don't know if that's a blessing, but okay, you know, do your own thing. Um, there was a rumor out there about not the UFC, but in Denver, the Endeavor, the the whole the whole kit and caboodle that owns a bunch of stuff now, uh, the subsidiary, the UFC, um, that they're going to buy top rank, and absolutely positively not true. We are not buying top rank. Um, that's what Dana White said. Bob Arum also. Multiple people reached out to him. Dan Raphael said, "Total crazy shit." I've not talked about this with anyone. We're not for sale. Having uh, no intentions to retire. Having too much fun. Shouts out to Bob. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, I guess. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. Um, I do remember, I mean, can you trust Bob all the way? I don't know. You'd think that we are in talks and we have some interest or he'd say something rather than, nah, fuck that. You know what I mean? Um, but Dana White, I remember him saying, like, they didn't, they didn't, 
you know, we're not going to sell. Remember, it was like they're not going to they're not going to sell the UFC, and all of a sudden they got sold. So he obviously has people higher than him. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Karen uh, Cunningham says Eddie Hearn on Conor McGregor. I've probably met the bloke twice. I can't speak on it on behalf of his comments. I don't know enough about them in situations I know is very sensitive. We speak every, oh, it says interview on November 30th. Interview on December 19th. We speak every week, sometimes most days. That's a weird one. What, what, I don't, I missed what, what, what that was all about. Um, here's Fred. This is boxing Twitter slash news. Um, if boxing needs to take a stand on anything, it's boxing writers who apparently have no clue as to the function of state licensing agency or judicial system. Yeah, there is some legalities in there that people are kind of um, forgetting. This was talking about um, uh, Jermel Charlo and him literally on audio saying, explaining how he hit, you know, his, his wife fiance, I think it was his wife, um, which, you know, it was very crudely explained by him. It was, it was fucked up, obviously. Um, but, you know, basically, I don't know. I mean, if, if it's a misdemeanor, right, which it is in Texas, you know, when do you classify, you know, it's not a felony. So it, it's fucked up, you know. Um, but anyway, here's a here's a quote from John Fury. My son is not in decline. I never said that. His camp is in decline. It's not even a camp. It's a backslapping service. That's here's some fanboy stuff. Devin Haney beats Terrence Crawford by KO. Dude, engagement is a hell of a drug. What the fuck was that? Here's Lohan Shaw. Good follow, by the way. I don't really 100% agree with this, and I'll tell you why. Wilder isn't shot. He hasn't aged out. He went all 12 rounds, had zero visible injuries. He was just outboxed, plain and simple. Fury gave the blueprint on how to beat Wilder. Close rage, volume, and smother. Uh, He's yet to implement a strategy that counteracts that. And I agree with some of that. Like the the let loose a shot at close range and smother, but she said volume, and that's the part he didn't use volume. He didn't even throw three hundred punches. Now don't get me wrong, you know Wilder threw way less. We went over the copy box, but I don't call that volume. You got to throw at least at heavyweight. You got to throw at least five hundred punches to be like volume. You know what I mean? So that that's the only thing. And, and I think the book, like I said, I think Ortiz already gave us that book, you know? And even before the Ortiz fight, Gerald Washington gave us a little bit of the book, you know? I just think the things that he does, the timing of it gets mixed up, you know? That's that's what it that's what it looks like to me. His timing was off, but like I said, maybe he's done. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Adam from SN Boxing. Marvin Hagler fought once in 1985, one fighter of the year. This has happened often. Maybe let's stop making up imaginary criteria where a guy must fight at least three times. Yeah, or two times or whatever. 
Terrence Crawford says, I'm the only fighter to beat a top five pound-for-pound fighter this year, and the way I beat him was unmatched. Now, it wasn't unmatched, because Inoue did some damage, too. But he is, he Crawford is speaking the truth, because it is, he was a top five-pound-for-pound fighter. His last fight was over a year after that, but he did handle Ugas beyond that, you know, little issue he had. But other than that, he dominated Ugas. So he is right about that top pound-for-pound fighter stuff. Or top five, I should say. But, you know, 2023 fighter is me. Some might say, you know, I only fought one time, but that one fight was bigger than the others, you know. Yeah, I'm not really worried about that part of it. Um, Here's Lord of the Flies, great follow. I always say, very knowledgeable fan there. Very passionate, too. One fighter, I think, being overlooked is fighter of the year discussions. Bam, I mentioned him, too. Moved back down to flyweight to beat Christian Gonzalez, who himself has a win over current champ, Adrian Curiel, and then took out a, you know, skilled prime Sonny in the unification. Yeah, it's true. Um, he, he shouldn't be right up there. Uh, let's see. Curtis Schoon, watching Tank versus, oh, this is, is this, hold on. This was yesterday? Watching Tank versus Barrios. Anyway, don't come close to Tank and skills, talent, or execution. Tank is the face of boxing. He'd go to Tokyo and outsell anyway. First of all, on average, before the Garcia fight, he was doing big-ass game. Gates, Tank was. But anyway's doing basically like double what he's doing. It was about 5 million-ish gate number, which is huge, here, and 10 million-ish over there. So, um, but the whole thing of, uh, you know, he doesn't come close to tank and skills, talent, or execution. I mean, skills, talent, and execution, both of them have that. But when you say anyway, doesn't, I mean, that that's some fanboy stuff. What? Oh, so Ergashev, right? So this came out um, Jalev uh, Akhmadev has this tweet. He says, Ergashev revealed that he had been stabbed in his leg before uh, the Matias fight. It happened in Moscow about seven to eight months ago before the fight. There, there's a picture of him bloodied. That's pretty wild. That's really wild. Oh, the reason why I forgot the, the glaze, right? That degenerate glazier. He came out and said that uh, Endeavor is going to, you know, they're the parent company for UFC, WWE, a lot of other stuff, that he's the one who said that they're going to uh, buy them. So, just just a heads up. Uh, Jack Kelly, someone who's flown under the radar uh, in Fighter of the Year conversation is Oshaki Foster. Um, Yeah, I agree. You know, he, he, he did. It says upset Ray Vargas handily, no doubt, and then stop Rocky Hernandez uh, with everything against him in that fight. Um, will be up for several awards. Should get, yeah, I think an honorable mention. That is a he definitely should get um, the rub, I guess you could say. Android uppercut. Bud Crawford is the fight of the year for me. Biggest win in the most anticipated fight in years. Facts. Best performance. Pretty damn close, yeah. I mean, right there, became a star in a semi-household name overnight. 
Um, if we recall, the rematch was supposed to happen by the end of the year, and, and so you can't penalize it. That is true. That is true. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jim Cross says Lee Wood had a crazy year. First, he nearly gets to, decapitated by Lara. Then he convincingly beats Lara when he, when we all thought he'd get killed. Then he pulls off a miracle, pulls off the miracle of all miracle comeback against Warrington. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty freaking crazy, man. Uh, Roley, Roley put out a tweet saying, Romero Garcia, March 2024. And it had a picture of him, too. But Garcia says, I'm sorry, Roley, you and your team uh, work way too slow, and you were just uh, you were way too in, in, indecisive. I didn't know if you wanted to box or be on vacation. It's true. He would go online and be like, yeah, I'm just chilling. Okay. Hang on. I think, I think I got, I think I got John in here. Oh, shit. Something's going on here. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. All right. Let me see. If I can get you in here, John. You hear that, John? You hear me? Chris. <laughs> hey, what's going on? How's it going? Good, man. Not bad at all. Had to kind of do a little uh, remix, you know, and kind of do it this way tonight. Yeah. In, in my uh, in my profession, I'm, Zoom has become a way of life. So, uh Yeah. I usually don't do it on phone. I'm just going to do it on phone today, though. I kind of, no, that's cool. Kind of, if that's cool with you, I just don't oh, feel yeah. like uh, going into the work computer there, which I could theoretically do. But No, it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. So I, I kind of uh, – and I may end up doing this, which you could do on your phone because you're, you're on your phone anyway, right? Like when you call right. the show. So yeah. honestly, we – we might end up just doing it this way, and you could just use your phone. That'd be just fine. Okay. Like in the future, but I'll let you know about that. Okay. Yeah, whatever's good for you. All right. Um. So we'll talk about, you know, the Saudi card. Obviously, the top two on that card had a lot, you know, had, had, yeah. had some things to talk about. You could talk about whatever you want on the undercard. Um, we had, you know, we did have another upset on that other card, uh, as far as odds wise. Um, and then, uh, you know, Daniel Dubois came through, threw a lot of punches in that fight. Uh, big baby Miller, not necessarily, you know, in uh great fighting shape, but then who really knows what his peak was anyway? You know what I mean? Right. Based yeah. Off I think, of, you know, I think that's a theme. Like we, you know, we were talking a little bit about some other guys the last week or two. And then I was made a few notes, was thinking about that for this card and some of these issues like Miller is a perfect example. Um, you know, of course at heavyweight, you get a little more leeway, but a lot, a lot of people are just ignoring these ages. I mean, you know, Wilder's 38 Miller's, you know, 35, 36, you know, pro gray was 34 for a lower weight, you know, Andrade's like 36. You know, you, you can't, you can't ignore these ages. Ages in in, in activity, the combo too. Yeah, and, and it's exactly, a horrible you, combo. It's a horrible combo that's added, but people, you know, they want to come up with these narratives. So I think they're just like totally ignoring these ages. Mm-hmm. 
So why don't you uh, kind of? I already kind of got gave my thoughts on the card and whatnot. Oh, okay. So, um, so you can start out with the top two. Obviously, we'll start maybe with Wilder and Parker. You know, Wilder clearly was having timing issues. Clearly, yes. he didn't throw enough punches. Yep. I didn't think he should have moved that much. Um, you could try to move that, but when it wasn't working, you got to push him back at some point. And you notice when he actually did land his right hand, Parker was like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me clinch a second. This is not going to be good, but I, I give credit to Parker for sticking to his game plan. Yeah, he did myself more than others. I, I mean, you credit, I credit him with the win fully, but yeah. It, it wasn't much outside of the old Parker, like, you know, Andy Lee was talking like they had some ingenious strategy and things. And even Scott was kind of giving them that, but I'm not really, I mean, Wilder just didn't throw. I mean, right. he, he didn't throw and his timing was totally off. I mean, that was obvious on all his power punches. The timing was totally off. Yeah, he did. And you can, you know, sometimes when he'll circle or pivot and he'll throw that, that jab, multiple jabs, or sometimes he'll get you to reach and then land with that right hand. That was there a couple, t- like multiple times. Yes, and he I thought just it was there. couldn't do it. You know, and I and I thought Parker, contrary to the way the fight played out, just because Wilder wasn't throwing. I mean, Parker was standing right at Wilder's range. It, yeah. it should have been made to order in terms of the range, but I thought Wilder's jab looked good. And the movement, but it was just so little. Yeah. It was so little, and then there was nothing else, and the timing was terrible that, you know, it just it didn't add up to anything. Yeah, and he's he's got that style of fight that it doesn't – it's not going to look that pretty, but when his timing's up, it's going to look really just, oh, wow, that's bad. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. That's, that's basically what we got. Yeah, I agree. I actually just read a tweet, someone saying, well – the book was already out because Tyson Fury and all that. And I thought, well, you know what? Ortiz put a, a pretty long book out <laughs> on how to right. beat, you know, uh, how to beat them. Uh, and, and even Gerald Washington had success. Guys have had success. You kind of know what you got to do with them. Fury, obviously, you know, especially in that second fight, when he when he closed the gap on him and really roughed him up and used his size and all that. Um, but it, the person that I, you know, I was reading the tweet and they said something about volume. And I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, Parker wasn't volume either. He was under 300 punches no. thrown too. So no, his, I, I his think numbers... it was smart to stick to what was working. But yeah, he didn't do much either besides, no. you know, land a couple nice overhand rights around, you know. Exactly. He, he, he landed, you know, he did hurt him late. But that was yeah, about yeah. it. Other other than that, he he didn't he didn't do much. His volume wasn't up. You know, he, it was kind of kind of just Parker, right? Do you think maybe like a, a Dubois or uh, you know one of these other fights for him? You think that that's where he's going to go next for Parker wise, the the winner? You think that's where he's going to go? Something just because obviously he's kept his career going now. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Parker always seems to end up in some relatively big fights, and you would think this is going to help it more than hurt it. Yeah, I mean, Dubois has to have somebody to fight next. I mean, that that might 
makes sense because I, I do tend to agree despite this result. I don't, I don't think a Joshua Parker rematches is, is a sell. Right. Yeah. And we already saw it back then and it was pretty one sided. He did okay. He did all right. But you know, it's not something you're like, man, you know, if, if he would have just done something a little different, he would have won or, or he didn't follow up when he heard him or something like that. That was a pretty clean win. Um, you know, for, for AJ all back then. Um, yeah, maybe we can yeah. go trilogy with Chisora. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> don't, don't give her any idea. Don't give yes, her any ideas. No <laughs> um, so I was saying earlier that I think Wilder, well, of course he can't. If, if he wants to keep going, he can't wait another year, obviously. It's got to be like in the next six months, he needs a fight. Right. And and it can't be at the highest level or what, you know, I don't even know if that'd be possible now, but whether it's a fight and then a big fight, um, do you think he's just probably done now that, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, or do you think that you saw enough to where if he did get some of that rust off, he could still, you know, do something at heavyweight. Where do you, do you think he's just done now? What, where do you think Wilder goes? Cause at the start, he was kind of in between. And then now it seems like he's kind of getting like, you know, I screwed up. I, I didn't throw enough. I wasn't, I was rusty. I got to admit, blah, blah, blah. And uh, where, where do you, do you think he should give it a go in 2024? Or do you think he's just done? I think he's about done, but I do think if he chooses to continue, you know, because he's made enough money uh that he, he shouldn't have to, and he's taken the damage in the three Fury fights, took a little bit of damage in this one, but not not too much. Um, but I I do think, you know, it, I think I'm pretty clear for myself if he wants to go on, I'm kind of looking at, like, two options that uh, one I saw suggested that I agree with, it is almost perfect, would be uh, if he wants to go on, the the bet if you even want to call it a risk but at this he's 38 and coming off a bad performance anything's a risk at this point to me yeah yeah he, he like the, the suggestion uh, jim Carris put it out on twitter so i i do want to just credit him with it because it is a good idea and i don't think it's unmakeable you know if he wants to continue he could fight nuganu because if he gets lucky there where nuganu's performance against fury was just a fluke and Fury wasn't prepared, and he lands a high right, highlight real bomb and takes him out after he went the distance with Fury, then that leaves him with a sell for one more fight after that, even if it's not going to work out well. And that that seems like a really good idea. And then to me, not that I, a layoff's good for him, but being practical that he's 38, you can't afford much wear and tear. Even though at first people are saying no, they, they'd be, I mean, not saying now, no, they'd be saying no, of course, but I do think like, let's say he took a little bit of time off and mm-hmm. then, you know, he like, let's say either then he just like even Joshua was saying it, which gives him an opening. You know, he, he just then came back for the Joshua fight or let's say Fury beats Usyk. And then, you know, these things can be sold rematches never sell as much but you know i've mentioned it before we've talked about it like if if then let's say you know the fury's the lineal champ and 
and he's the champ no matter what's said about the belts. If he, you know, beats Usyk, uh, he'll have taken care of that. And then, like, Wilder goes for a fourth fight. And let's say even if it doesn't go well, if he goes out firing bombs and, yeah, you know, maybe it's entertaining or something as long as it lasts, and then he just retires after that. In other words, takes one last hurrah at the, at the lineal belt. That, sure. It can be sold, or the whole marbles type of thing. I think that can be sold to some degree. It gets some interest from the American fans. Uh, something like that. But I don't think like having a lot of fights, trying to campaign, you know, even though he was inactive, not going to work at this point. To his Because this is to his credit. I mean, he and Scott, they got himself in shape to 213. Now, it didn't work out, but that's where they did all they could. That's what fooled me. I mean, I, I was on a really True. good prediction roll. I found these calls this weekend tough, and, you know, I got them wrong. But I feel like I had real reasons for getting each one wrong. The wilder one was just I really was concerned about the age, the lack of activity, the wear and tear from the Fury fights, and Parker's seven years younger. But I but I saw the 213 and figured, okay, you know, they know – that he needs to be like that stubborn one fight and, and, and try to maximize that. So he's a big favorite. Let me give him the benefit of the doubt there. That didn't work out. And then with the Joshua Valin, you know, I just thought I kind of violated one of my own rules. I've mentioned it before, but I violated on this one. You, you know, you never pick a fight just on intangibles. And I, sure. I thought Joshua had looked a little fragile mentally. I didn't like his last two performances and his finish against Usyk. To be and fair, I thought, he had, you know, he definitely right. showed that. <laughs> he really Very had. I thought, I thought Valin seems to be checking all the intangibles. He's yeah. he's real cerebral. He showed toughness. Uh, he seems to have the right attitude. He's a southpaw. But that didn't play out, especially with the fight being stopped that early. Um, right. there, there was no way, unless the fight went late, that any of that was going to even coming to play for Valine, so that's where that one didn't work out. I did like how uh, AJ asserted himself early with yes. the jab, stepping to him, looking to land a power shot that early, yes. which has not been what he did the last year. Uh, and so especially that surprised he, me. He needed that against the southpaw. That was the difference yeah. I saw. Now, you can say Valine's not Usyk, but that was sure. an improvement. I agree, Chris, 100%. That was the difference. The, at very early, I remember going through that analysis. I thought, oh, you know, Joshua was going to try to jab fest the southpaw again, which right. you can't do because that's one thing that doesn't really work well against the southpaw. And especially in the first Usyk fight, he was trying to force that. But then I saw exactly what you did. He went to the power punches. He went to throwing the right hand. Meaningful and it was, punches. Uh, right, Meaningful and it was, early. Yeah, and they were landing, and it landed. It was better against the south southpaw, and it was effective. And I did like, I did like Joshua's performance a lot. I have to say, I mean, I, I I'm kind of, you know, I'm not. I've never been a Joshua fanboy, so to speak, or really on the bandwagon. But yet, I've given him respect when due. I I thought he could win both of those Usyk fights, and I think he came closer than people gave him credit for, in, in both yep. of them. But he, he did fall just short you know, on both occasions. Um, but like, I felt like this performance kind of justified some of the positives of Joshua. Again, I'm kind of in that sense. I do, I will admit I'm kind of 
back on board after this one. Like I, I'm thinking of a potential Hergovic fight. I feel good about him winning that one. And really even, you know, hey, Usyk and Fury are getting older too. So yeah. the age thing applies to them as well. I mean, they they may really – and Fury might have started slipping already. So, mm-hmm. you know, Joshua's younger than them. You know, he's he's 33. You know, at heavyweight, he's got a couple more years there where he'll be closer to prime, and these guys might be starting to slip. So, you know, fighting, you know, Fury match would be big if Fury wins. And, and I don't think Usyk threes out of the question with those those kind of factors. Yeah, especially if Saudi's willing to put up some money. I don't think anything's out of the question if they're if they're ready to put up some money. Um, yeah, you're right. He's fresher. Um, sure, Usyk hit him with some good shots in those fights, no doubt. But it's not like he was, you know, barely standing up or no. up down on the ground. Whereas we saw just in that one fight, the third fight with Fury and Wilder. I mean, they both took a lot of punishment. Obviously, Wilder more, but. Um, he did look fresh. He looked good. You gotta admit, he looked good. Yeah, those Quite guys weren't fighted. Those guys weren't fighted a year. That's a huge difference. They're already not. I mean, think down the road they'll get credit for it, but they're not. Just a a, a couple years later. I mean, that was right. fight of the year. I mean, that that was a hellacious war. I mean, what yeah. what was taken out of both of those guys? I mean, that's different. That's like. And and the comparison is there. I mean, even if it's not the exact amount of punches thrown, I mean, I mean that was the kind of fight. You know that that's like the that's like the Bo Holyfield yeah. series or like that's the Bo example. Galata yep. Bo Galata series. You know, the, taking that kind of damage. Right. That, that's like those kind of fights. I mean, and those, those guys really get all those fighters got diminished from those fights. Um, that's like those kind of fights. So you know, they they might both be be diminished from that. I mean. It might have been Fury was just so much better than White. He was able to get him out of there. And I think that is very possible. I don't think White is particularly skilled on the high level. Uh, and then, then you know, something showed in this Nagano with the lack of preparation and the wear and tear. And we're going to find out, you know, when Fury fights Usyk, because I always favor Fury in that one. But, you know, I have questions now after the way, you know, Fury fought that Nagano fight. So, um, you know, it's kind of hard to tell what to make of it. He could be fading from the age and the wear and tear, but but Usyk's getting older too. He di- he didn't look all that good against Dubois. Let's face it, uh, the Dubois gripes about the body shot were right, and Fury could see that. So, you know, and I'm sure Usyk knows he he's not going to get off the hook fighting Fury. I mean, I mean that that might very well, even though Usyk's quick, that might be a fight that Fury is better off coming in a little heavy on and just you know, trying to go to the body and, and taking that Wilder 2 blueprint. And I know Wilder and Usyk are totally different styles, but still, just in terms of being thinner guys at heavyweight, it, yeah. it could be it could be it could be something to go on for Fury. Yeah, I mean you don't want to be tracking him down all day. You don't want him to get in his little crafty footwork and counters. You might as well smother him. I, right. I didn't you know, I can't believe that I, I didn't even think Nganu for Wilder. I just like when you said that, I was like, oh, of course, of course, yeah. that is actually the fight. It that is. Kara said it, and it's, a, is, it's perfect I mean, sense. I, I sitting right there in front of me, John, and I just missed it completely. Yeah, of course, it makes perfect sense, and that would pump up people again. Like, oh, look at he. It was just he was just out for two years. That's all it was, you know. Right. Yeah, and it'll sell, and and, yeah. and it's not something that's a hard sell. Right. 
people will pay for it. They'll want to see it. So yeah, it, it really does make perfect sense. So I wouldn't be against that because that'd be the type of fight, even though it would be an embarrassing loss for Wilder if he had nothing left and lost. Uh, you wouldn't think it'd be the fight he'd take a prolonged beating or anything like that. Right. So, yep. uh, it would work. You know, yeah, so, money. Yeah, worth a risk. And and if there's a guy he could land one bomb on, it's Nagano because he doesn't have the the boxing pedigree or experience to have that kind of defensive prowess. Right. And if Wilder just kind of whenever that fight would be, even if it's in the summer, like you said, just to, just stay in the gym, stay sharp. Now that you actually got a fight and you went 12 rounds, if you just stay sharp, you should be good to go. And like you said, it won't come down to using some sort of ultra skill that he doesn't have in the fight. So, yeah, let's uh, let's let's uh, flip the page. Well, actually, is there any other items from that card uh, before we get into Inoue's uh, dominant performance uh, on Tuesday? Yeah, I do have some other things I noted since I uh, yeah. did, did watch the entire card i was i would have but i was feeling a little under the weather so you and i had been discussing it and it kind of got me even ultra committed to it which i wasn't expecting so i actually went the distance from 11 to 7 on this one. Wow, yeah there uh, were some big breaks wasn't there because i didn't see yeah. it all live was i'll tell you was, or something like that was that what there, it was there, there there were but they kept the fights rolling considering how long of a time frame it was so you know, you had Frank Sanchez started out with a, a, a nice knockout of Fa early because Fa had the one big blemish in his career, which was the the horrific knockout upset loss to Lucas Brown, who was 43 years old. But outside of that one giant blemish, you know, Fa had amateur pedigree. And I thought his fight with Parker was extremely close, even more so than he got credit for. I mean, he... He kind of just got edged out to me at the end. So, you know, you had later on in this card, Parker having the biggest win of his career. So Fall had that one blemish, but he had a lot of amateur pedigree. He had the close fight with Parker that's been kind of forgotten already. And, you know, Sanchez started out a little slow. Fall looked like he was figuring this was an opportunity to try to reestablish himself, which it was. And, you know, he was giving it what he had. But then then Sanchez, Sanchez is learning now, it seems like, to open up a bit with his power earlier, not to stink it out, you know, for the distance. You know, of course, Morrell, you know, you'd hate to lump all the Cubans together, but we have seen these shifts. Morrell is really now the the leader for, you know, and he's the adopted Minneapolis guy, but he's the leader for the the Cuban school saying, hey, we're, we're not going to stink this thing out. We're going to use these skills to get some people out of there. And market ourselves, and excuse me, you saw some of that from Sanchez. The knockout was impressive. So then you had that. Then you had you know Hergovic and Demori, which was a joke. Yeah. But at least Hergovic got, got rid, rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. He got him rid of him. Then you had Cabiel has to be mentioned with this huge upset over Macmendal. Yes. Yes. He was a massive underdog, and when Cabiel has looked good, he has had times he's looked solid and competent. But it was more of as a boxer you know, jabbing, and he came out with this body-centric power attack, head and body, and discouraged Makhmanov right off the bat and finished the job. It was just an extremely impressive performance by Cabayel. Um, this is some people, nasty uppercuts with that right hand. 
yeah, people talking about him legit top 10 now, and it's warranted after that performance. He tremendously helped himself. And then Dubois Miller, I thought the fight really did live up to expectations because yeah. in the first fight, you know, Miller with all the stops and starts, and now he has at the advanced age, which wasn't mentioned enough. But, you know, in the first half of the fight, he looked like his old self, and, and he, he was putting physical and mental pressure on Dubois. And I think, I know like what Bellew was trying to say about Miller not being a huge heavyweight puncher, but I think with Miller, people are getting that a little bit wrong. He's not a one-punch guy, but even but even as a heavyweight, like I don't consider him a non-puncher like Bellew and some other people were saying. I actually don't agree with that, and I think that's a credit then to Dubois. Like Miller, you know, he, he's now in his mid-30s, which is he doesn't quite have what he had when he was younger, but you know, those combinations he was hitting Dubois with when he had his cooking in the middle of the fight were some real shots. Yeah. Um, I, I do think he hits a little harder than that. He's not a one-punch guy, but I don't I don't think he's a feather-fisted heavyweight either, especially at 333. And Dubois took those shots pretty good. Uh, then, then in the second half, I think we did see Miller's weight catch up with him. He, he just was gassed. Uh, and he was always a high volume guy. He had that heavyweight punch average. Now, of course, he had the PED issues, and I'm sure he got some benefits. But you know, he he did have that unusually high heavyweight volume, and his volume was solid in the first half of the fight. But it, it just went off a cliff in the second half, and he can't fight with that style. And that that gave Dubois second life and a second wind. And then, to his credit, he decided to go for the finish, which he got. I think it was a really good performance by Dubois, but I think some people are getting a little carried away with it. I mean, Miller is in his mid-30s, all the stops and starts, the PED issues, the coming in at 333. I mean, you know, I think people were, were acting like Dubois just beat George Foreman or something like that. And, you know, and, you know come on. You know, that was kind of like a little bit like that Parker performance. See, look, I give both men credit. Yeah, right, I'm even yeah. willing to say they resurrected themselves. Yes, I'm giving them that, but let's let's not get let's not get too care. You know, let's not get too carried away. I mean, just because guys get a win, they're active and they get a win. I mean, we still have to keep some perspective on it. So I like the fight. I thought it lived up to expectations. I was very entertained by it, uh, and I, I ended up thinking this card worked out. I mean, it was a weird one, and uh, it worked. But then we had the the bad, and I don't think he's taken enough heat. We had Bivol, and I was thinking of this. I tweeted this before we went on, Chris. I don't even think enough's been made of this. Look, Bivol, because of who he beat, not that the performances were overly exciting, but I was in agreement with it. You know, he beat in 2022, he beat Canelo and Gilberto Ramirez, was kind of universally recognized as fighter of the year, which I agreed with. I think just for getting those W's, it was fair. But he followed it up. He didn't fight until the, the last week of December, just about of, of this year, 2023. And he stinks it out against Lyndon Arthur. I mean, how, how many, how many follow-ups to fight of the year performances have there been like that? I mean, and the fight, you know, the performance was garbage in terms of, you know, doesn't care about anything about fan entertainment and the guy, and the guy says it. The guy, will, the guy will just say it, and then right. he's got he's got his fanboys who oh look at the beauty, the beauty of what he, he can't <laughs> he can't get Lyndon and Arthur out of there, a guy who can't punch, 
Yeah, he shouldn't even be in the same. Wasn't in the fight. Yeah, right. Wasn't in the fight. Didn't come to win. Like right you know, away too. It was like, whoa, this is. You know, I thought he actually was gonna uh, be able to finish him the way the fight started. Yeah, you thought, come on, if he if he can't finish this guy, and, and went into his same mode, you know, dreadful performance. I mean, really, on a big card like this, they got him below the two Kona main events, and he stinks it. He stinks it out again. And this was his only fight of the year. We see all kinds of fighters getting criticized by these people who are biased about inactivity. What about people? Right. He fights December 23rd. He was fighter of the year in 2022. And and look, there's no creativity from this guy's camp whatsoever. Um, you know, it, it's time to say stuff like this because, you know, if you follow boxing history, you're well aware of all this stuff. I mean, you know, wasn't James Tony? fighting guys like Samuel Peter and Hasim Rockman. Right. You know, Jirov. Well, not this guy, Bivol. Not this guy. He's fighting right. Lyndon Arthur. <laughs> he, he's he's talking about all oh, he's talking for years about oh, I'm gonna have this beater BF fight. It, it's it's been discussed for years and he's fighting once a year against Lyndon Arthur, stinking it out. Well, you know, not much creativity from that camp or daring to be great or whatever. Right. You know, every everybody wanted the Canelo payday. Yeah, you know, of course. Who, who, yeah, who, yeah. Who everybody takes that. Canelo said yes. That was that was what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was just about Canelo said yes. I mean, everybody's taking that fight. I right. mean, anybody in any weight class from uh, yeah, oh, we're yeah, talking yeah. literally from one hundred and forty seventh to heavyweights taking that you know taking that fight. Yeah. So definitely. yeah, you know, we can't we can't the, the guy's not exactly. Uh, daring to be great or being creative if he's this boogeyman or whatever, I, you know, I just not, not buying the schedule. It's not the first time we, we had him fighting Craig Richards below Campbell Hatton. So, yeah. you know, this, this garbage from b gets pardoned by a big se- segment of the boxing right. you know, commentary public. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. Obviously I'm, yeah, I'm the tired. old pick and choose, you know, that's what it the is. Pick and the choose. Game of pick and choose. Right. Classic pick and choose. So I gotta go with the, the current comment of the we need we need some of the same energy same energy there. Yes. Exactly. If that's gonna be the catch the, the <laughs> current catchphrase, we need some of the same energy with, with the way Beevil's treated. So that led us up to our you know two main events and Wilder, I actually think you know he'd been off and stuff, but I think he was prepared. You can't fake the coming down to two thirteen right, unless true. you're Unless you're Muhammad Ali and the the Holmes fight with the diuretics and everything, so right, right. You know, unless it's something like that, and and you know, Wilder hasn't tested positive for anything or or had any accusations. He did it for the Hellenius fight too, so you got to think he was prepared. But 38, it just you know, with the with the layoff and 38 and the wear and tear, it, he couldn't bring any volume. Um, and I do think there was a couple of good tweets under the radar. And, and, you know, I've always bolstered this performance, too. I've said it for years. People don't look at it enough. His performance in Stubborn 1 was so good, and that was like an even-money fight, and people forget how highly regarded Stubborn was at the time because I think Wilder took it all out of him, really, in that fight. I mean, Stubborn was hospitalized afterward. But Wilder's yeah. punch volume was there, and it was all 1-2, you know, yeah. with with movement. I mean – I do agree. It's unfortunate. We really never have seen that Wilder before or since, but the guy was in there and I was always hoping to see that again. And I knew we'd, it'd have to be some fight where he was under 220. 
So I was hoping against Hope when he got that weight back down under 220 for the last two fights. But it's it's just too it's too late in the career now at 38. So um, that jab looked okay, but it was just not thrown enough, and the timing was terrible on the power punches. So it, it does appear that window's closed. I I think at 38 that won't come back, even if he gets more active. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd still be just looking for one bomb type of a thing or a couple of big shots. So um, that's it's kind of unfortunate, but that page has turned now. Yeah. And by the way, I usually join meetings. I never really host them. And I'm realizing that I needed like in the future, it looks like I got to upgrade to be able to do longer meetings. But I yes. have four minutes left of the meeting. So okay. I'll let you uh, close with the NUA stuff and any other stuff that you'd like to talk about, John. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I know exactly how that works. Right? Yeah, I was like, oh, wait a second. I'm seeing a you, timer here. What the hell? You're free for 45 minutes unless you're on premium, which isn't okay. that expensive, yeah, but yeah, you have to pay monthly. To so yeah. uh, in a way, I, I give them credit for getting people out of there. Uh, but I can tie it into something else I did. And, you know, people who want to go with the toxic positivity don't want to look at the points. I did tweet out an article that was in the New York Daily News a few days ago by Tony Page, who was head of the boxing writers for a long time. And he also did overnight talk on FAN in New York for years. He was the last guy to talk boxing on regular radio. I, I can tell you on a, in a big market, I'll tell you that it was on the overnight. But, you know. Two of the points in his article, which these I've been harping about, too many, too many belts. The organization, one, the organizations are the biggest problem, and then it's too many belts, and it's also too many weight classes, which is the part that's being underrated. So that ties into Inouye. I do believe Inouye, you know, great fighter. He's probably going to go down as a great fighter, top fighter. That's all legit. I love how he gets rid of guys, especially at the lower weight classes. Yeah, that is difficult. But but he's he's benefiting. Like, look, you know, the little guys, a lot of times in these areas, they're benefiting from the more weight classes that are unnecessary more than almost anybody else. And in oh, a way, he's sure. one of the he's one of those guys. I mean, he, he missed he missed all the guys that were on the pound for pound list when he was in the neighborhood of 115. Yeah, you know, he, he entered that WBSS bantamweight tournament when he saw was in there remember donair donair was the bottom seed in that tournament and burnett you got to pick who you wanted to fight burnett was the actually the right. number one seed in a way was two burnett picked donair <laughs> that's how lightly regarded donair was at that point and at that advanced stage for the low weights so i'm just saying like in a way didn't think he was getting in with a a lineup of killers Right. When he we ended up that tournament. Now, you know, Manny Rodriguez ended up being a decent fighter, but he's already retired. I'm just saying that, you know, so in a way knocks out Tapolis, you know, you know, he's taken out guys like Paul Butler. I mean, Fulton was a good win, but you know, Fulton can't crack at all. Um just saying, like, look, you know, these are some good wins and he's knocking these guys out, which is great. I, I like that, but you know, we we can get into it next week. But you know, like to me. Crawford's the number one pound for pound guy, the fighter of the year, you know, lineal welterweight title, universally recognized, beating Errol Spence to do it in a, in a huge fight, dominating him, just embarrassing him. That's it for me. You know, like, I, I mean, no disrespect in a way, but that, that, that ain't going to sell it for me, you know, knocking out guys like Tapolis and Butler and, uh, you know, even, even though Fulton's good. 
and it, you know, I like how he's knocking all these guys out. Put him number two. I'm good with that. I, I got him number two. But and I'm not he's even definitely in, elite level skill too with the timing yes. and the countering, and he's got the whole package. Right, and I'm not. I'm not even big on pound for pound lists. And, you know, right. In a way, he's got the whole package. Exactly. He's got the yeah. jab. He's got the power punching speed. He knows how to box. He's got a body attack. Agree with all that. And I like how he gets rid of guys. Um, he takes care of business. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's talking now. He's well, now I'm not going any further. And it's not that we're trying to make unreasonable demands, but there's too many weight classes in this area. I mean, the, the alphabets created 122, just like they created bridger weight. And right. it he's may be cut off anytime, just so you know, because it okay. just says less 